Hello everyone. Welcome once again to our Halloween episode. Bah, eh, eh, eh. I know, not a lot of enthusiasm into that one. You sound like the Count from Sesame Street. Do! Do shows in a month! Ah, 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 ah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that was less enthusiasm. <laughs> Oh, welcome to Nostalgia Guru. Um, like I said, this actually is the second show in a month. We've never done this before. Um, hopefully we won't be doing it that often like that. Um, but we, oh, we got a fun show. We got a fun show today. Um, we're celebrating Halloween on the show again. Um, and we are going to do that by reviewing a, another Disney special. There's like 8 trillion Disney specials, probably. And this is like the third one I think we're reviewing. Yep. So, we'll have that. Plus, we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The nominees for the class of 2017 was announced this past week. Uh, and Danielle and I, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to send her the link in a little while. We are going to vote for our five. And, I'll, and, 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 and we'll tell you how you can vote for this. Um, and also, an interesting topic that I want to bring up, not now, but in a little while... It's really neither one of our fortes, but it was something that I brought up in our Facebook group um, when I to the day that we recorded this. Uh-huh. And I'm actually a little surprised that it hasn't had as much talk, but we'll get to that in a little while. Uh-huh. So, mm, I know Danielle has some stuff. Yeah, okay. Um... Well, there's two things, actually, so I'll just start with the thing I found out about first. Right. Um, Double Dare is coming back to Nickelodeon yes. for one night only. One night. But they're coming back, and that is the important thing, because as Nickelodeon is a little weird about acknowledging their classic lineup. Yes, they have Teen Nick. Yes, they have the 90s or all that, but that's on another channel that you would have to pay extra to get. The channel Nickelodeon itself mm-hmm. isn't very good at acknowledging. But, um, so on um, November 23rd, which Bill has informed me is the night before Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving Eve they're airing this. Thanksgiving Eve. So hopefully people will be home to watch it <laughs> because, or, you know, set your DVR because knowing Nickelodeon, this will probably be the only time they air exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, clear space if you have to, but, um, it is going to be, um, the 30th anniversary of Double Dare. It is a commemorative half hour because this is all they will allow. I know. That is so... Okay, that, you know what? I'm going to save my piece for when you're done. I'm sorry. That, that kind of, it ticks me off that this is just half an hour long that they're doing this because they could have done... An hour and a half? An hour, you know, because this show ran for over... Close to ten years. Yeah, it was a pretty... I, I really feel like 
just like when they did the All That reunion, all it was was just showing All That episodes with little clips in between of the cast members. And I felt like you could have done a much better job. Like, you could have done it like Saturday Night Live does their shows where they have them do a retrospective. I feel like they should do stuff like that. But in any case, but this is still good. They're going to be um, doing behind-the-scenes content, some vintage footage, and a look uh, at some stuff that was taped earlier this year. They went, um, Mark Summers was at Comic-Con this past summer, San Diego Comic-Con, and um, did um, a live version of Double Dare, and they're going to be showing some clips from that. Nice. So, um, and they are going to be, um, but the good news is that they got, it's not just Mark Summers, it's Harvey and it's Robin too. Yeah. So I think that that's good. And, um, well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. But like I said, I feel like they could have done an hour. They oh really God, could yes. have done an hour. Like, they could have found past contestants. They could have, because, um, the, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the show The Goldbergs, but The Goldbergs is, a, if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's a really interesting sitcom. And it's about, it's based on the guy who writes Adam Goldberg's childhood. And he takes all that, he grew up in the 80s, and all the episodes are based off of something that happened mm-hmm. to him. And one of the episodes revolves around two of his friends trying to be on Double Dare. And also, every episode ends with a home movie clip or a video clip to prove to you that this is actually based right. on... Right, and he dedicates the episode to whomever... Right. So, the end of this episode ends with a clip of Double Dare to show that his friends actually wound up on Double Dare. And not only that, but earlier in the episode, there's two people who are like Double Dare production assistants, and he points out that the people playing those production assistants are the friends that were on Double Dare. They're now adults. Oh, interesting. And so they got a cameo. So, I, you know, they could have gotten to track those people down. I mean, you could... Because I would love to hear from anybody who was on Double Dare. Just, just hear Because I dreamt of being on that show as a kid, and I was too young to get on there. I think and we all did. Yeah, because you had to be 10 to be a contestant, and that show was canceled before I turned 10. Right. And I wanted my family on there so badly to get on <laughs> You know, I, so, I, yeah. I, I just want to say first of all, mm-hmm. before I get my thoughts on the on the double dare thing, right? I've only seen the Goldbergs one time, and it was the episode where Weird Al was on. Right. I felt so depressed at the end of the episode. <laughs> I mean. King of Swain never made me feel so depressed after until after that episode. Yeah. I it's like no 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 But yes I mean, it ran, it says it premiered in nineteen eighty six and ran for more than five hundred episodes until nineteen ninety three. I mean five hundred episodes. Yeah. God. And um Nickelodeon will also be doing um uh, we've probably discussed this at other points, but just to remind everybody, there is a TV movie about Legends of the Hidden Temple yep. in November, which I'm also, which I'm ticked off about because I think that was a really stupid idea. No, it wasn't. Um, and 
there is the Hey Arnold TV movie, which is going to continue the um, cliffhanger of the show left on, which I really appreciate. Now, when is that coming on? Do you know? That comes out next year. Okay. And also in August, they announced that they will be doing an original one-hour TV special based on Rocco's Modern Life. So if you like that show, you just, that's coming out. I didn't really watch it much, but I know people who did. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about just um, Double Dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple as far mm-hmm. as the scheduling goes, because as you pointed out, and I have to look at the calendar. Right. The Double Dare special is airing on Thanksgiving Eve. Right. I was told a long time ago, Thanksgiving Eve is the biggest bar night of the year, not yeah. New Year's Eve. Not St. Patrick's Day, not February the 14th. Thanksgiving Eve is the busiest bar night of the year. There's problem number one. Problem number two, there's going to be a lot of families traveling yeah. on Thanksgiving and thank, you know Thanksgiving Eve and before that. And what Danielle didn't point out is... The Legends of the Hidden Temple movie. That is airing during Thanksgiving weekend. That's Saturday. Yep. Nickelodeon. How in the hell can you botch these two? I mean, especially Double Dare. Like, if you had done it the week before or the week after Thanksgiving, I think everything would have been fine. We would have forgiven you. But not Thanksgiving Eve. You don't put something that, in all honesty, should be getting a lot more hype because of what the show is. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be getting a lot more hype than it is. And it's a, it's a shame, it's a disappointment. With Legend of the Hidden Temple, you know... It's all, it almost feels like they're being lazy in the fact that, oh, okay, well, we're going to put this on Thanksgiving weekend because, you know, we got Double Dare Thanksgiving Eve. No one's going to really care. I'm sorry, but I was a Blue Barracuda guy. I wanted the Blue Barracudas to win every freaking episode. I did too. And you're going to put it on during Thanksgiving weekend? On the Saturday after Thanksgiving, when people are still on vacation, and people are shopping and working and doing all this other stuff? (sighs) Well, see, the Double Dare, the Legends of the Hidden Temple, it's not the, it's a movie. Right, it's the movie. Yeah, they took the the temple and made it real somehow. (laughs) How? I, I don't know. But they got Kurt Fogg to do a cameo. Right! They got Kurt Fogg in the movie. They have Olmec in the movie. And they still managed to find a way to mess it up. I, I do not get it. Who, who, I, I would like to know. Who is the head schedule person for Nickelodeon? I, honest to God, would love to know. Because I would like to call that individual and say, hey, you're screwing this up. Yep. And I bet during the 
Because, yeah, because all the other channels, if you like try to watch TV on think, the night before Thanksgiving, all you're going to get are, like, um, just reruns right. or little mini marathons and stuff. I think occasionally there's, like, a Christmas movie on. Or movies, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're not going to get anything, like, that's a big deal. Right, and, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, I, I know for me... For my family, that's a busy night because they're cooking. Yep. I mean, not all the food, but some of the food. Mm-hmm. Turkey. You got to start the turkey. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. it's a busy night. Right. So, for a show that I think we both feel is very important to the history of the channel, they really dropped the ball on this one. Mm-hmm. Now, when they do... The Hey Arnold movie next year, whenever that comes out, oh boy, let, let's hope they get that right so it's not, you know, in the middle of a big holiday like Arbor Day or what. You know what? I'm going to predict it right now, Danielle. It's going to premiere Memorial Day weekend. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's going to premiere yes. on Memorial Day freaking weekend, and we're going to be here in six months pissed off going like how can you screw this up again exactly and i mean um actually i'm going to go check this now all right you do this um is it on netflix that's what i'm looking up because Um. i feel like um when um, Girl Meets World premiered and when Fuller House premiered, a lot of people said, um, you know, it would be nice if they had put the original series that they were, you know, based off of on Netflix so that, you know, the, ki- the I, newer generations would get an idea of, hey, this is what that is. I don't know if they have a deal anymore. Oh, I just looked it up. Okay. Hey Arnold, the movie, which I do not recommend, is on Netflix. Okay. The TV series isn't. Right. The movie I have issues with, but... That's another story for another day. That's another issue. And I'm hoping that the mistakes that they made in the movie, they don't make in this movie. Because we have been... Like, I've been in a Facebook group for, like, the past ten years (laughs) petitioning to get this movie made. So, yeah... (laughs) Now's your chance, little man. Don't blow it. We, yeah. It, 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 oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're, hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> we're, we're so excited for <laughs> something that hasn't even... The date has mm. No, the date has just been right. here. This is how dedicated we are, folks. <laughs> this is how dedicated we are. really is. Right. <laughs> uh... Okay, now I, I want to point out real quick. Yeah. Um, this past Sunday, and again, I still I still can't believe it. Last Sunday was the six hundredth episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, and I missed. <laughs> well, it was a Halloween episode. That's why I missed it. I forgot. I'd forgotten. I'm not gonna spoil what happened, but I. I should say that I thought it was good. I thought it was enjoyable. Huh? But, I mean, 600 shows, 28th season. 
I don't think this show is ever going to die. No. I mean, I love The Simpsons. I'm, I I will love The Simpsons until the day I die. But I don't think that show is going to die. Unless something happens to the main cast members. Shh. <laughs> I, I'm not... I, no, I'm seeing... I know, I know, I know. Okay? I know, I, I'm, I'm just teasing you. Right. I'm not trying to jinx anything... <laughs> I, I'm just next on next show we'll be like, well, Daniel killed that great thing. Julie Kavner is dead because I, of Daniel. No, but what I'm saying is like, it, it would be hard to replace those. Voices. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. You can't even. No, you can't. I mean, they didn't even replace Marshall Wallace. Yeah. You just can't do that. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, right. 600. Can't believe it. 600. Crazy. You know what would be funny? When I just thought of this? What? What if they stop on 666? Oh, no. <laughs> that is just creepy. <laughs> I did read an article explaining where the writer said what they wanted to do, the idea they had for a finale, and I'm really hoping they do not do this because I really, I would hate that this is what they did. All right, I got to um, hear this. The beginning of The Simpsons, I don't know if anybody's seen the first episode of The Simpsons. Which yeah, is the, Christmas, the Christmas episode. Right. The Christmas episode starts with them walking into the auditorium to go see the Christmas play where, you know, Bart, mm-hmm. big jingle bell. All right, so the first shot of the episode is them going into the theater, so they thought, or the auditorium, so they thought it would be funny to end it with them leaving the auditorium, that, like, that's the last shot of the finale. You mean as if, like, everything that happened was a dream? Or something like that. You know, it's freaky you mentioned that, because I have thought about that as, that's how The Simpsons is going to end. There is one episode that actually was intended to be the finale, but then it kept, it got picked back up again. Right. The, um, the, the, the futuristic episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas of years past or whatever, there's one that shows Christmases through the years. Right. Uh, it starts with them as kids, and then it goes all the way up to, like, they're adults, and Lisa has a teenager, and Bart has two kids, and that was supposed to be the finale. Right. But it got picked up again. I would have been fine with an ending with that because that was actually a good show. So, but I'm still I'm glad they're still around. Now. Yeah, me too. There's, you know. All right. Um. Something. Okay, I want to bring this up now because I know I'm going to forget if I don't do it. Right. Um. In the most recent issue of Entertainment Weekly. Um. Benedict Cumberbatch is on the front cover. Okay, go ahead, girls. Scream. Okay. <laughs> um, he's on the front cover as Doctor Strange, because the movie Doctor Strange is going to be coming out uh, real soon. In the magazine, they came out with a list of the 50 most powerful superheroes. Okay? Um, I'm not going to go through all 50 on this show. Because the full list is on our Facebook group. This is the; these are the categories that they used to rank the fifty. 
Okay? Cultural impact, okay. bankability, design, modern relevance, mythology, nemesises, originality, personality, and powers. So, obviously, the best score you could get is a hundred. Right. Well, none, that didn't happen. I want to read the top ten for you guys. Okay. And I have the scores here, because I typed this this morning. This is the top ten. Number one is going to surprise a lot of people, I think. Number ten, The Flash. Got a score of 77.5. Huh? Number nine, Black Panther. Scored a 77.7. Number eight, The Hulk. Scored a 79.2. Number seven, Captain America. Scored an 80.3. Number six, Iron Man scored an 82.8. Number five, Wolverine scored an 85.3. Number four, Superman scored an 87.2. Now, I'll tell you, when I first saw, you know, the cover, I'm thinking like, oh, well, Superman's going to be number one. He's number four. Number three, Batman. 89.7. That's another one I would have thought would have been number one. Wow. Number two, Spider-Man. Got a 90. Oof. And number one, beating out Spider-Man by three-tenths of a point. With uh-huh. a score of 90.3, Wonder uh-huh. Woman. Nothing against Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I am I am all for women's rights. But how is she ahead of Batman and Superman? Uh, I don't know. I'm not much of a superhero movie buff. I, I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've, I've only seen... Um, I've, I've seen, like, a couple of the Spider-Man movies. So, like, the first... Um, and I've seen... Um, what was it? Um... I've seen Batman, the, um... The Dark Knight? Batman, but I've seen the ones with... I've seen the Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever. Right. Okay. So. And I just want to point this out. To show that this list is just really interesting... Yeah. Number 11 is Buffy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is number 11 on this list. What? I, I, I'm not, we're both not comic experts. We're not superhero experts. I mean, I have nothing against Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just wouldn't really consider her a quote-unquote superhero. <laughs> Oh, goodness, I have a friend who is a comic book and superhero fanatic, and she's listening to the show, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, she's probably throwing a... Either she's throwing yeah, a fit... she's throwing a... <laughs> she's either throwing a fit, or she's having the biggest yeah, celebration. I'm going to get messages. <laughs> this is 
Go ahead. Join the Facebook group. You can definitely uh, join in on that conversation. Oh, boy. But, yeah, I just, um, I, 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 but, I mean, the higher ones I agree with. And, um, again, like I said, I have not seen Wonder Woman, really. I think, um, most of what I've seen of her is the cartoon. I, did I watch the TV show? I'm trying to remember if I remember. The one with Linda Carter, right? Linda Carter, yeah. I right. I think I might have seen uh, Linda Carter. Um, I'm not really sure. But, um, so, uh, but good for them, though, because if they feel that way about Wonder Woman, then that's a step in the right direction. Right. So I'll just look at it that way. Um, again, I am not a... Like I mean, like my I like the current Superman because I think he's better looking. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the person to consult on this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, um, to move out of that, we got to talk about uh, this past week. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced the nominees. For the class of 2017. And I just sent you the link, so you should have that. Yeah, there. I'm looking at it now. This is the biggest list of nominees in the history of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So what these are the people that they're... Oh, I see. You vote. Okay. Right. They're right. Valid. We're, we're going to vote in a moment. Okay. Um, and I will post the link in the Facebook group so everyone who wants to vote can vote. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go through the nominees. All the nominees that are up for consideration, and then Danielle and I, we're gonna we're gonna pick five. We have to pick five out of this group. So here are the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the class of 2017: mm -hmm. Bad Brains, Shaka Khan, Chic, Depeche Mode, ELO, The Jay Giles Band. Jane's Addiction, Janet Jackson, Joan Baez, Joe Tex, Journey, Kraftwerk, MC5, Pearl Jam, Steppenwolf, The Cars, The Zombies, Tupac, and Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were surprised Tupac is in the list. That, and if anything, will make you feel old to realize that he's eligible. Yeah, because for those of you who do not know the rule, the rule to be considered is your first album has to have been released 25 years ago. Huh, so now comes the hard part for the both of us. Which five are we going to pick? And, and we could be different. Some of these, I'm surprised, aren't even in here yet. Right. And, 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 the re and I'm glad you brought that up because there's a list I want to talk about after this. Right. Um, it's tough. I can't pick five. I know. Well, okay, I, I got two already that I want. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ELO and I'm going to go Pearl Jam. 
Those were the obvious two for me. Okay. Now you got now I gotta pick three more. See and it's tough because you have to base it off of something other than these are my favorite. Great. Right. You got you gotta base it off, you know, like the songs that they have, what years they were popular, are they rel are they still relevant to this day? I mean, this is real tough. Um, wow. I'm okay. My next vote, I'm gonna give it to Journey because they've gotten real popular the last several years. So they're gonna get my vote. I don't even know. Some of these people I actually haven't heard of. Right. Like Bad Brains? I don't know who that is. Joe Tex? I don't know Joe Tex. It's funny. My father had a Joe Tex album. Or still does, probably up in the attic. But I don't know who he is. Right. Because my father had his old album collection. And I used to look at the albums all the time when I was growing up. And my father had them in alphabetical order and um, going backwards. So the zombies were the last one. And then I would always go and look for the Temptations because he had several Temptations albums. Mm -hmm. And Joe Tex was before you got to the Temptations. Right. An album called The Very Best of Joe Tex. <laughs> so, um... Chic, I have to give Chic credit because I feel like the disco music movement does not get the credit that it deserves because of um, the album burning. And I really, I, I, my father says you had to have been there, which to understand why it happened, but I just think that it is really ridiculous mm -hmm. that you don't like a type of music so badly, so what are you going to do? You're going to put a bunch of albums in a field and burn them. I think that is really stupid and really... Just don't listen to it. Yes, it's popular. Popularity dies out. Don't just... It really pisses me off. So I'm going to give Sheik a vote because I feel like their music was very... Um, they did a good job, and it would, and a lot of people have this misconception that disco music was like electronica, whatnot. Sheik was a band; Sheik played instruments. Right. You know, they were, yeah. So certainly, I will give them a vote. Um. Uh, and I think Janet's time is long overdue. She certainly deserves to be in there. Now, are you talking about her having a child or her being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Child, you know, she chooses to do that or chooses not to do that. Yeah, but no. Sorry, I had to do that. I know, but no, she certainly deserves to be in there. I'm surprised she isn't in there yet. But I, I certainly think. Especially because if you're going 25 years since the first album, she'd have several out by the t by the time period. Mm -hmm. So she certainly, I mean, and I I definitely think she needs to be in there. Um. Okay. So I've gotten two so far. 
the cards. That's a tough call. Oh God, I do love the cards. I do, and I love. Um, I listen to Shake It Up all the time. I'm going to work. Um, oh, and they have. Oh, I, I do love the cars. Mm. Stephen Wolf, again, I thought they were in there. <laughs> I could have sworn they were in there. Right. Then again, I only know one song by Stephen Wolf. Right, which is the one that everyone knows. Yes, yeah, they Now I'm going to go look that up because. I was like, did Stephen Wolf have another big song? They do. They do? They do. They, they, oh, they, my they God, do. yes, they do. I totally forgot they sang that. Okay. I, I As soon as I hit Google, it showed it, and I'm kicking myself now. Because that I actually like that song better than the one they're mainly known for. Mm -hmm. But Magic Carpet Ride, I love that song, and I should have known that. I am sorry, Stephen Wolf. The, the um, remaining members that are still alive. It's a, yeah, whoever's still around. I am sorry. Um, the Pesh Mode. Um, I, I, I know um, our resident uh, librarian, Brian, put in his vote. Um, and, and I'll tell you the five that he picked as soon as I can oh. find it. <laughs> His five were Pearl Jam, Yes, MC5, Chic, and Bad Brains. Those were his five. Um, Jay Giles' band, I don't think so. Huh. I don't have an issue with them personally. Love Stakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that song, too. I was thinking Angel and Centerfold. Oh, and Freeze Frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're... <sighs> so what else is the criteria? It's that their songs had to have the... been... See, that's a good question, because... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up real quick. Because... Because I, I do want to know what the... Criteria like, Besides the 25-year rule. Because, like, the Jay Giles band had songs that were certainly very catchy, like Centerfold and Freeze Frame, but would you really say they were revolutionary in some sort of way? I mean, if I was to make an argument, they were a, a, a part of the early beginnings of MTV. If I was to make an argument. Right. Um, they... Oh, wow, I didn't realize they've been together that long. Oh, Jeez. okay. Okay, here... Okay, here's the... Okay, here's how they do this. A nominating committee composed of rock and roll historians selects names for the performers category, which is what we're voting on, right. which are then voted on by roughly 500 experts around the world. 
Those selected to vote include academics, journalists, producers, and others with music, music, music industry experience. Artists become eligible for induction 25 years after the release of their first record. Criteria include the influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and perpetuation of rock and roll. Yeah, I don't... Also, I feel like, and and I'm probably going to get right on this, but if it wasn't for Adam Sandler seeing Love Stinks in the Wedding Singer, I probably wouldn't have known that song anyways. (laughs) But, okay. Um... Okay, by that criteria, then I'll give the Cars one, too. Okay. As well as Electric Light Orchestra. Because I feel like their um, instrumental style was very... Mm -hmm. Different. Um, I'm also going to go Steppenwolf. And this, I got one choice left, and this one's going to surprise you and a lot of people. Yeah. I'm going to go Tupac, because he still talked about 20 years after his death. The music is still being used. It's still being listened. Well, that is true, although a lot of people who talk about him seem to think either he faked his death or right. he died. It's not so much and because he there were a lot of his albums that were released after he died so right. questioning well you know. yeah. um but yeah there's that um I have my five now I uh, I'll just give um I'll give one Shaka Khan. Okay. Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Her 80s music was a little iffy, but what she did with Rufus mm-hmm. in the 70s, and I don't know, is Rufus? Let's see. Okay, go look that up. Because she was in a band in the 70s called Rufus, and... If they're already in there, um, oh, I just found an article explaining this. Okay, um, I'm just going to recap my five real quick. So I picked ELO, Journey, Pearl Jam, Steppenwolf, and Tupac. Those are my five. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So mine, my final list. 
And now I'm wondering if I should change Shaka Khan to Journey. Mm. That's a tough one because Journey certainly. I mean, gosh, don't stop believing. When, when yeah. have you not heard that song? Like, I was just listening to the Muppets cover version of it the other day. Um, oh. um, all right, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say. Okay. okay. So I have Shaka Khan, Sheik, Electric Light Orchestra, Janet Jackson, and the Cars. Okay. And you just have to put in your okay. email address when you're there. And something that is really cool that everyone should know is you can vote once a day, every day, all the way through December the 5th. So, now, do they televise this or do they not? No, these votes are going to count. No, I mean the actual induction ceremony. I don't think they're going to... I mean, they will announce it, but it's not going to be like televised, the announcements. So, so probably in two months, we're going to find out who is going in. So. Okay, um, real quick, I wanted to go through this list that uh, I found by email um, from Big 100.3, which is their classic rock, is our classic rock station here. And they had a very good list, good article that they came up with the other day. Dave Basner wrote this uh, for iHeartRadio, iHeart.com. And the title of the article is The 15 Bands Snubbed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. So there are going to be some that when you hear the names, you're going to be like, they're not in yet? So, here's the 15 that they listed. Number 15, Motorhead. Absolutely. Agree. How are they not in? That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Number 14, Nine Inch Nails. Ooh. Um... I think they will get in eventually, but there's just so many other bands, you know, and artists that are not in right now. Number 13, Motley Crue. I can see that. Yeah, I can too. Yeah. Number 12, Twisted Sister. And I will always make the argument, Twisted Sister... Not a one-hit wonder. I was about to ask. I, to me, they are not a one-hit wonder. Right. Number 11, Def Leppard. Yeah, that's surprising. How are they not in? Yeah. Number 10, The Scorpions. Rocky like a hurricane? Yep. Okay. And here's the thing, Danielle. Their first album was released in 1969. So they've been ignored for at least 22 years. Crazy. Come on, let's get this right, folks. Number nine, 
the New York Dolls. I've heard of them, but they're they're a good band. They got a good uh, their debut album is good. The lead singer ended up doing the hot 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 song in the eighties. Oh, yeah. That's your point, guys. Yeah. Okay. Number eight, The Cure. Wow, yeah, that, that shocked me. Number seven, Soundgarden. Eh. Well, I mean, Nirvana is already in. Pearl Jam is more than likely going in. Soundgarden should be in. Or at least should be in the mix. Number six, Duran Duran. That's an interesting one because are they more pop than rock? You know? Well, you can't really make that argument because Jan, there's R&B acts in there too. Right, and there's rap acts in there too. Yeah, so... so. Number five, Pat Benatar. Yeah, that's a shock. Yeah, how is she not in? Uh, yeah, I can't believe that. I mean, she's one of the great female singers of all time. Heck, the last episode, her greatest hits album was my album of the month. Certainly. For September slash early October. Number four, The Moody Blues. Nice to like satin is this classic, huh? It is. Yeah. Number three, Bon Jovi. Oh, yeah, that, that, I can't believe that. I, I think they're going to belong in the same category with Motley Crue and Def Leppard, where I think the Hall of Fame is going to categorize them as glam rock, even though technically they're not. But they're going to unfortunately and unceremoniously be categorized in that department. Yeah, I can understand that. Number two, Judas Priest. Hmm. Okay, breaking the law. You've got another thing coming. Um, trying to think of other... They, 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 they've had a lot of big hits. Um, love Bites. Free will burning. Come on. It's Priest. It's Priest. And number one, and I definitely agree with this choice for number one, Iron Maiden. Come on now. Iron Maiden yeah. is one of the biggest touring bands in the world right now. Right now. And they're not in. Uh-huh. Doesn't make sense. And actually... Um, when I went to Ocean City during the summer, we did a game on the ride over of, you know, let's name the artists that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We must have cut, came up with like four or five dozen artists and bands that okay. should be in. <sighs> All right. Uh, what else do we have? Or is that it? Um, I have one more thing. Mostly I, I also remembered another thing we said we were going to do, but it take, it's going to take too long, so we'll probably save it for next show. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're saving that one for next show. Okay, but this one, um, um, 
Now, we all we have discussed that HBO has gotten the rights to now air Sesame Street, and yes. they have kind of, are, I'm not doing the greatest job with it from what I've seen, but they also um, now are bringing back Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. Not... They're not redoing it. Right. Although there is supposedly a motion picture version that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's working on that I don't oh, know. Oh, no. Well, I, I trust him because he's an actual fan of the original show and he's trying. So, I mean, you know, hey. <laughs> but um, they they have remastered, digitally remastered, the all 96 episodes of the original Fraggle Rock and they are coming back to HBO. Well, I mean, it, it did used to air on HBO. Yes. So, um, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, plus, it was yeah. on Hulu. I don't know if it still is on Hulu or not. Uh-huh. But, um, it was on there for a while. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I'm fine with HBO bringing the bringing Fraggle Rock back and at least airing the old episodes all the old episodes yeah and I think you know with them airing Sesame Street it kind of makes a great companion piece of sorts and it's certainly a good way to you know introduce your kids to it mm -hmm. if you you know because um that's what um a girl I went to high school with did with her son in Pee Wee's Playhouse on Netflix she did it that way Unfortunately, he now wanted to scream every time he heard the secret word and <laughs> kind of got old after a few episodes, but it was, it was good. <laughs> Dear Nephew Gobo. Yeah. See, uh, what are those uh, things on wheels called? Well, according to my uncle, they're called eh, eh, out of the way, assholes. Uh, eh, eh, out of the way, asshole. Also, I wanted to throw this one in, too, before, um, and I had to look this up to make sure it was true, because this seriously sounds like something the internet made up, but it is actually true. Okay. There is going to be a Captain Planet movie. Oh, God. And guess who is in charge of doing the, um... I think I've heard this one. Yes. It is the person who, um... I think. I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio will be producing. Yep. Oh, boy. He is very outspoken about environmental issues, though, so I can kind of see it. But yet he's on those big yachts. Because Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I know. And it's like... Well, I'm just going to spoil it for everyone. The movie's going to suck, just like the TV show did. And the people who will, um... Eh, okay. They're, and they're eyeing the guy who stars on the show Screen Queens to write the script. Oh, oh, that'll be good. I don't watch Screen Queens, so I don't know how talented this guy is, but... Mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, so you'll have Captain Planet with... The only... He'll probably be like a serious drama because the, he does things. The only Captain Planet I ever liked was the robot chicken one where Ted Turner 
just goes apeshit crazy and dresses himself up as Captain Planet. That is the best version of Captain Planet. Goodness. I, I'm sorry, but it is true. Sorry, not sorry. Robot Chicken's awesome. It is. It is. Alright, so are you ready to go into this review? Yep. I ha I'll be honest. I had not watched this special in years. Me neither. And I had fun watching this one. I did too. So, um, if you remember, uh, for those who were listening to us last year, uh, we, again, started a tradition where we reviewed a Halloween special. Last year, it was Disney's, uh, what was it? A Disney Halloween, I think was the name of it. And to keep the, the to keep with the tradition, as I can speak slowly so I can get it out correctly and properly, we stuck with the Disney theme. And this year, Danielle and I both watched Disney DTV's Monster Hits. Um, this was the third and sadly the final of the DTV specials that aired on NBC. And this aired on October 30th, 1987. So, uh, let's get right into it. And we start with the intro, and do you remember who the voice or the announcer was for this? Um, it said so in the, in the video description. Yeah. Gary, um, Gary Owens. Yeah. A.K.A. the number one Hulkamaniac, if you remember from last year's back or a Saturday morning special. <laughs> he was busy in the 80s. Yes, because you know Gary Owens, the number one Hulkamaniac. Right. <laughs> so we get, uh, we, we are told of some of the artists that are quote-unquote performing on this special. And... The character, I guess would be the right term, that is hosting this is the Magic Mirror from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Well, later we find out that it is actor Jeffrey Jones who is the host of this. Some idiot in the comments thought it was Vincent Price. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey Jones... Movie-wise, is probably most famous as the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but is mm, not as famous for being a pedophile. Uh, yeah. But that's another story for another day. Also makes it really hard to watch Ferris Bueller, if you know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he talks about how it's been 50 years since he appeared on the silver screen. Because I think, was Snow White in 37? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. And back then, rock wasn't rock. It was just a bunch of rocks being thrown at you. So, we have uh, co-hosts, quote-unquote, which include Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and... Witch Hazel, and not Warner Brothers' Witch Hazel, but Disney's Witch Hazel, 
which is a completely different story for another Halloween episode. So, Witch Hazel gets, she's working her cauldron and she's getting everything prepared and she even includes a lock of hair from Billy Joel, which is not as funny now today as it was back then. And we get going right off the bat with Thriller by Michael Jackson. I, you know, for not watching this in a long time, I was really surprised this was the first song. <laughs> Considering, oh, it's Michael Jackson, you know, he's the big artist. You know, we're going to obviously keep him for the end, right? R right? <laughs> right? Right? I guess Maybe. not. I guess not. So the music video for this is, well, what you would think, sort of staying with the whole thriller video, but for kids is just the characters being scared and us seeing scary things. And that's pretty much what the whole video is. Excuse me. Uh -huh. For that first one. So, after that video, we go to the Evil Queen's castle. Now, something I forgot to mention was how the magic mirror in the beginning, she talked, or he talked down to, about the Evil Queen, saying, well, I'm basically telling us, hey, she was a bitch. Uh -huh. In this scene, he's like, Oh, so glad to see you again. What? You can't do that. It's not good writing. And the weird thing is, is that I grew up watching it because my father had taped it off the TV. Mm -hmm. And back in those days, you just sort of either hit record or you set the timer. And my dad was legendary for like acts for like starting tapes late or whatever so mm. i grew up thinking that the special started like right when the queen comes in right and i didn't know there was all that stuff before oh okay. huh. <laughs> we learned something new today yeah so then we go into how mickey donald and goofy were the original ghostbusters boy where was this argument when the remake came out this year Oh, I don't want an all-women's version. Why can't it just be a man? Well, I don't want an all-men's version. Let's have Mickey, Donald, and Goofy be Ghostbusters for two hours. So, basically, you could tell by this point, the next song is Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. And this cartoon, which was the last cartoon in a Disney Halloween last year that we reviewed, is just used as the music video for this one. Now, yeah. I I gotta ask you, Danielle, because uh -huh. I'm sure you're aware of the, the whole myth of this story. Right. Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. in the 80s right. because Ghostbusters sounded like I Want a New Drug. Do you think it sounded alike... Twinge, but I really don't think that it was that bad. 
No, it really wasn't. I mean, it's not as ridiculous as, like, Vanilla Ice trying to sing the dings and say that they didn't sample under pressure. Right. See, their yeah. version is... Da, 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 da. My version is... Da, 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 da. It's a ting. Yeah. No, I, I, I never really thought it sounded like I want a new drug. Yeah. I never really. Now, during the video... And I want to point this out. They add a new Donald Duck voice in the song. Saying, That's what I was going to ask about because I was confused about. And then they did the same thing with Goofy like 15 seconds later. Yeah, I was. That's what threw me off because I was like, well, it's clearly an old cartoon. Did they like redo the voices or what did they. I, yeah. I, that's what I think they did. They touched it. Yeah. They touched it, folks. They touched it. So, after uh, Mickey and the gang chase off the ghosts, we go back to Witch Hazel, who is flying on her uh, uh, broom, having fun, and we get a sort of an updated version of the cartoon where Huey, Dewey, and Louie go to Uncle Donald's house. And they get tricked, and... So we get a brief clip of that. So, we're, we're saving you time here on the review, as you can obviously tell. So, and then there's one point in this where I, you know, um, caught. Where Witch Hazel called um, Donald Duck, like... I, I think the words were, like, Oh my god, oh, I remembered it today, now I don't remember. It was like, uh, um, like, she she basically called him a pigeon. And I'm thinking to myself, Donald, you should be pissed off because she called you a pigeon. Not, you know. Yeah. But, what can we do there? Now, that leads right into our next song, and, like I said... Um, when we did the Valentine special in February, how these specials for not only you and I, but I think for a lot of us of our generation, got into the music that we listened to. Right. This next song is a perfect example. It is Creedence Clearwater Revival with Bad Moon Rising. Or, as my dad calls it, the greatest rock and roll song of all time. Yes, wow. fo yes, folks, I have been waiting to say that line all day. So basically we just get Disney cartoons that are, well, done in the dark. That's pretty much what it is. Um, but they play the whole song. It's It's good, you know. Not nothing to complain about there. Yeah. So after we're done with this song, we go back to the magic mirror and we you know, he talks about, you know, like ghouls and goblins and all that, which leads us to the next song and really and and this doesn't get brought up a lot. But you know like how we can always 
say, oh, these songs are only played during Christmas. Well, this song is a perfect example of it only gets played during Halloween. And it is Bobby Boris Pickett with the Monster Mash. Yeah. A perfect example of a song that gets played one time a year. And, like, I think if we were to ever come out with a list of the top five Halloween songs, I think this would make a couple people's lists. Yep. Of the top five. And also, it's very difficult to really come up with a specific Halloween, you know, it's either Ghostbusters, Thriller, or that song. Right. Or maybe if you're a fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas, some of those songs. But other, oh yeah, Rocky Horror, if you're a fan of that too. I, I was also thinking of another song, and I'll mention it after, at the end of the review as why they didn't use that song. So I'll wait to bring that one up. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, what's really cool about this video is it's the only one that's entirely in black and white. So that's really cool. So then we go back to the mirror and he talks about, you know, hey, you know, we're getting watched by people. And that leads into the next song. And this is this is a one hit wonder, but you could also question if this could be only used at Halloween. And it is Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Featuring Michael Jackson. Yep. Um, yep. I gotta admit, before we get into the song, mm-hmm. and this is a shout out to one of my friends, who I'm, I'm sure is listening to this. Yeah. I had to actually pause the video last night, because I tried to watch it last night. I had to pause the video so I could listen to my friend's parody song, of this song. So Captain yeah. Marvelous, if you're listening to this, you're welcome. I listened to your version before the original. Um, something I noticed in this one which I really liked is how they left in the lyric Hell I paid the price. Cause it is Disney and Oh, you know, Disney, you know, they don't want to use bad words and bad images and all that. But they keep the word hell in there. To be fair, though, it's Disney, but it aired on NBC. Right. If it aired on the Disney Channel, it'd be a totally different scenario. I don't know. I think at that time... Yeah, at that time, though, maybe not. If, if it aired on Disney at that time, I think it would have... I think they would have kept the line. Because he only says it once in the song. True. But I will say this. The music video, not this music video, but the actual music video for Rockwell, that is one weird video. It fits the song perfectly, but it's a weird video. So after this song, And this is where it gets really weird, speaking of weird. We get Mickey Mouse comes on. And the first thing he says is, Well, 
You guys know that I'm a mouse, but sometimes I can also act like a rat. So, watch out! Huh? What the hell is that supposed to mean? I'm a mouse, but I can also act like a rat? I didn't get that. So this is a cheap plug to promote the upcoming Disney movie, The Great Mouse Detective. Actually, I think it had already come out. Oh, it had? Uh, yeah, because it came out the year before. Oh. But it was their most recent movie right. at that time, so that's why. Right. <laughs> so the scene that they show is uh, Radigan with his trap basically about to kill the great mass detective and they don't die they get saved and then after like they show the scene I think it's Witch Hazel is like ah well it's too bad he didn't get his way he got caught in the end how pissed off would you have been as a kid if you had never seen the movie and yet you'd want to see it and then you find out what happened at the end of the movie <laughs> Damn you, Disney! You ruined the ending of a movie I've never seen. Spoiler alert. I know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have oh, that would have ruined some kid's Halloween. <laughs> it really would have. Mm -hmm. Like, damn you, Disney! Damn you! So now we go back to Witch Hazel and. She talks about um, Ichabod Crane and the legend of Sleepy Hollow. And that's one of those fun stories where it's like, oh, is this story real? Is it, you know, fiction? Is it myth? You know, the whole Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. Um, I think in this version... You could sort of make an argument that it could have been somebody dressed as the Headless Horseman. If you, like, watch the scene, you could make the argument. But that's one of those great mysteries that I don't think I ever want to be solved. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So we come back to the magic mirror, and he talks about superstitions. Superstitions. You know, black cats, Friday the 13th, mirrors, you know, all that stuff. And then we get a clip from... Oh, no, we don't. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm skipping over a part. I apologize. I knew this was going to happen. But anyway, um, this scene... That now I'm going to talk about, and not uh, superstitions. <laughs> Boy, this this is really good. Uh, <laughs> um, is about you know the Disney villains, and more in particular the females. So we get the scene from Snow White where the the evil queen makes the potion, and she becomes the the old woman. And that leads into possible Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Class of 2017, ELO, with Evil Woman. And this was a really good video, really good spot for this point in the special, I thought. 
But, like, now that I think about it watching this, I, I, I sort of wonder to myself, oh, if they had waited a couple more years, you know, you could have had Ursula from Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's the weird thing about these specials, is that they were made kind of during a low point. Yeah. <laughs> like... The 90s, they could have certainly have had a lot more material. Oh my gosh, they would have had the mother load on yeah. that one. But this is still good. You know, this is still a good video from uh, Disney. And, and they really showed a good bunch of the female villains. So I enjoyed it. Um, so now we're going to go into superstitions. Cracked mirrors, all that stuff. Like I just talked about. So we go to a clip of a Donald Duck cartoon, and he's making a delivery. Well, the address he's going to is to 1313 13th Street. And he's told by his boss, whatever you do, do not cross black cats, do not go under ladders, do not break mirrors. Okay? And that leads right into the next song, which you, if you haven't figured out by now... I'm very disappointed in you. It is Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Um, this one is basically seeing all the, you know, the superstitions, the cats, the, the mirrors, the ladders. Um, what, what other ones are there? I'm trying to think. Um... Because there are other, like, superstitions. But, I don't know. Like, I know for me, for a long time, uh, when I was a teenager, especially during the football season, I had to wear the same Redskins shirt the day of the game. No matter, you know, if it was a Monday night or a Sunday game or whatever, I had to wear the same Redskins shirt... And I had to have the same breakfast so my team could win. So, which, if anyone is curious, is a sandwich and popcorn. <laughs> there. There, I told you what my superstition was. So, after that, we go to Donald Duck. And I can't understand what Donald Duck is saying here. But basically, this leads to a scene from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, where the evil queen asks the huntsman to basically kill Snow White and bring her back the heart of Snow White, which is, well, that's uh, quite evil, I guess. But it is Halloween. Uh-huh. So we get to the scene, Snow White's being a dumb, dumb idiot, talking to a bird, and the Huntsman's about ready to kill her. And it would have been the shortest movie ever if he had done it. But he changes his mind, apologizes to Snow White, tells her to run. Which leads into the next song, and this is, honestly, I'll, this is the truth. I felt this was the most disappointing part of the entire special. Pat Benatar, you better run. I felt disappointed because they could have done more with this. 
they could have used the song longer. They could have used other parts where people are running away. And then you could have come back to Snow White at the end. But they don't. Uh -oh. And I feel bad for Pat Benatar because here you have... Michael Jackson, his whole song gets played. Ray Parker Jr., his whole song gets played. Credence's song, you know, the whole song gets played. Rockwell's song gets played the whole way. Hers doesn't. And I feel bad. Because this would have really been a good video if they had let the whole song go and you could have used other cartoons for this situation. So, after Snow White is done running, she starts crying. And the animals are there, and she's like, Oh, well, what do you do when you're afraid? You sing? And it's like, No, I get the hell out of here. See, I'm thinking, Snow White would have been that much better. Yep. They really would have. Why wasn't I around when Snow White was being made? <laughs> well, think of how old you'd be now. If I know. <laughs> I know. I'd be like a hundred. Um, so, now we go to Mickey Mouse and he talks about magic. And that leads us into the next song, which is That Old Black Magic by Spider. Mike Jones. Wow, you talk about reaching left field. <laughs> like, and for those who don't know who Spike Jones is, he's basically Weird Al before Weird Al. If you get where I'm going with that. And, and I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um... So, they play, you know, stuff that's related to magic and all that stuff and superstitions. Again, superstitions. So, yeah, that song is there. So, after that song is over, we go into dreams and nightmares and how... Um, well, Witch Hazel, you know, is talking to, like, this group, and they're like, promise us we'll have a good dream tonight. Yes, we will. Yes, you will. I, I don't know. It was a very weird segment. And then it goes into a song that I've never heard, and I was surprised there was even, this was even a single. Daryl Hall minus John Oates. Sings Dream yeah. Time. Yeah, he had a he did a solo album in the late eighties. Wow. Um, yeah. I it was, actually did fairly well. It did. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I learned the new something new today, folks. Mm -hmm. So it's just again, you you get this the gist of the song and the video where it's about dreams, so that's all it is. Mm -hmm. um, and then we go 
or actually we go back to the magic mirror who talks about dreams and nightmares and we go right into wait Winnie the Pooh Winnie the Pooh is in this special yes Winnie the Pooh is in this special and we get the all-time classic Heffalumps and Woozles song but again another mistake they don't play like the whole video it's like they cut out a big part and you can tell what the big part is if you are a rock and roll or not a rock and roll if you're a Winnie the Pooh fan yes if you're a rock and roll fan you know the part of this Winnie the Pooh song that they skipped out on oh man um so you know they they do the song they show most of the video not all of the video and that is that so now we go back to the magic mirror one last time and he wants us to end you know the show not with a nightmare but with a good dream and he wishes us good night and it leads us into the final song of the special which is the Eurythmics Sweet Dreams and I guess you know, if we couldn't have Michael Jackson end the special, this is a good choice to end the special. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like Dreamtime where they're just playing, you know, cartoon characters, and, you know, in dreams. And that's really it. And that's the end of the special of DTV Monster Hits. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, there was one song that I felt would have fit this special really good. And it goes back to the, oh, this probably gets played during the Halloween season. And that's Werewolves of London. Where was that song? Yeah. It's random enough to fit in. That would have, that would have fit this special really good um what were your overall thoughts on the special um yeah it brought back um a few memories and um it was even weirder when i watched it growing up because we taped it with the commercials so mm-hmm. yeah so so it's kind of weird seeing it without commercials and um seen that extra five minutes I hadn't seen before. Right. But, but yeah, it was, um, but yeah, it was, um, pretty good. Uh, and now that I rewatch it, I can tell, you know, what, what's from what year. Mm-hmm. And that obviously the little Mickey and Donald shorts between the cartoons to try to tie them together. Right. Was shocked for the, but I really think that, they, if they had just waited 10 years, they really could have done, like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Um, this, like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, of course, there is one more that we have yet to review. I'm not sure when we'll get to it. Um, but I would say this is the best of the two that we've seen of the DTV specials. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the best way to describe it, I'm going to read this comment on YouTube from Lidana Sotomayor Bauman, who wrote, Ah, the original AMVs before the internet. Good. That, that's true. These are, you know, animated music videos before the internet even came and, you know, it was really well done. I, it, and, and the thing that sucks, which we've said before, and I'm going to say it again, is specials like these, we're never going to see them again because of today's society where, you know, you have to ask, basically, the artists or the studio, hey, can we borrow this song to be put on our video, you know, and we'll only play it, like, two times, and then that's it. Where here, in the 80s, it was like, okay, go ahead, you can use it. We don't mind. But, and, and that's the honest truth. It really is. I yeah. wish we would have these back, or at least these specials anyway, but we, we can't get them. Uh-huh. We won't be able to get them, but, you know, it is what it is, and we just got to live with it. But that's what the power of YouTube is for. Uh-huh. So we can relive stuff like this. And we will post um, this video up in our Facebook group so everyone who has seen it or has never seen it before can watch it again or watch it for the first time. Alright, well... Now it is that time where we will tell you about our movie and album selections, and this is for the month of October, and Danielle gets to start it off with her movie of the month. Okay, well, um, it's Halloween, so I had to pick, and I was go with the theme, and, um, I'm not really into, um, supernatural stuff so it's kind of hard to come up with a really good one but um so um the one that I picked is let's just say it's Casper the 1995 motion picture okay. Casper which I saw it's really funny because it wasn't released as a Halloween movie it came out in May right initially but it is it does take place around Halloween. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's about um, this guy who, um, played by Bill Pullman, who, and up until I saw Spaceballs, this was the only thing I knew him from was Casper. Um, he is a guy, he's um, like a ghost therapist or whatever, who, um, is um, he's looking for the ghost of his wife or his dead wife because he believes ghosts have unfinished business and he needs to, you know, talk to them. That's why they haunt places because they have unfinished business and he believes that 
So um, he basically travels around the country looking for ghosts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he has a 12-year-old daughter that he has to do that with, too, <laughs> that he has to drag basically from place to place. Right. And, um, so Casper, he's the ghost, the ghost who's haunting um, this mansion and him and his uncles, the ghostly trio. So he um, basically try somehow uses powers to get them to come to move to the mansion to find them because he sees the teenage daughter on TV when the father's being interviewed and he thinks she's pretty and so it, it's, it's a cute movie it's a 90 it was made in 95 mm-hmm. and um, I can't really give too much away but it's a really mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoy it, it there have been sequels made which I do not care for um, Casper, A Spirit of Beginning, Casper Meets Wendy, or, but um, this one was actually in theaters, and I think, and the special effects for 95, I think, were pretty good, because he's a clear ghost that you can see through, he dissolves into walls, if you watch, like, the original Casper cartoon, it's not really as cutting edge as this looks so mm-hmm. yeah but um it, it's a good movie it has some adorable little um things so um yeah all right um i'm going to go the complete opposite as far as a halloween theme goes for um, Halloween, and the movie that I am going to pick is one that I recently did an episode of on Untitled Movie Project, and I thought this was a good Halloween-type movie, and I really enjoy it. It's really one of my favorite movies of all time, and it is 1958's Vertigo. Starring Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak. Um, this is a really good movie. This is my favorite Hitchcock movie. Of the, the movies that I've seen. Because I know there are a lot of people like, Oh, Psycho is the best. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Psycho is an overrated movie, in my opinion. Because it's only one scene, and that's it. To me, I think it's an overrated movie. Although, if you want to watch the making of it, there's, that's a good movie, but that's for another time. Um, but no, Vertigo, I would say probably Jimmy Stewart's best performance in a very serious role, where it's not a family movie, like It's a Wonderful Life, or The Philadelphia Story, or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Um, it's very, very cool. I really enjoy the movie. And what's very interesting with... The DVD is, and I didn't realize this till after I recorded the episode, there is an alternate ending to Vertigo, which had to meet foreign censorship needs. It's very weird to explain. 
I don't want to give the alternate ending away because you have to see it and you know you, you when you see it you're gonna scratch your head and you're gonna go like really that's the other ending that you know would have been it but it's a really good movie uh like i said it's my favorite alfred hitchcock movie great movie definitely recommend it if, if you want to be a little bit spooked out mentally not all guts and gory and that stuff go watch vertigo all right so now we go from our movie to our album of the month i will start and i am also going to stick with the halloween theme for music and i again we say this a lot danielle when we talk about oh i can't believe i haven't picked this person or this person uh -huh. but I can't believe I have not picked an Alice Cooper album. Oh. Alice Cooper is, is credited as being the original shock rocker. And the album that I picked is his technically his first solo album, but it's his eighth studio album. So it, it's a little bit weird. But... It is 1975's Welcome to My Nightmare. And this is a very theatrical-like album. It's a concept album. It's got Vincent Price in the album as a character. And besides the title track, Welcome to My Nightmare, it's got some good songs on here. One, uh, one song I want to point out that when I first heard the song, it gave me the creeps the night I went to sleep. And it was Stephen. And the song is about a spider named Stephen. Uh -huh. So right there, you know, the idea of a song about a spider, you know, will freak people out. But then you have a story about a spider named Stephen... That's also, you know, another freaky idea. Um, other good songs include Some Folks, Department of Youth, Cold Ethel. But the one song that I want to point out that is probably the most interesting song on the album and really is, you know, as a solo artist, is his first big song, is a song called Only Women Bleed. Which, believe it or not, is a ballad. When you when you hear the title, I'm sure some of you are like, oh god, that sounds disgusting. No, this is actually a ballad about a woman being in a very bad marriage. Um, and it's a very good song, and I'll tell you how good it is in a moment. But if you ever watch Alice Cooper behind the music, like, when they talk about the song... Like, the narrator was like, during the tour, he would he found his soulmate that he would sing this song to every day. And because of the tour, the Welcome to My Nightmare tour, he met his wife on that tour. Because she was a dancer on the tour. Wow. And they ended up getting married, and they've been married for 40 years. Very, very odd in rock, but it's true. Um... So how did this song do? 
Well, in Canada, it made it all the way to number one. So it made it big in Canada. Uh, on the Billboard chart, it made it all the way to number 12 in the Hot 100. But here's the shocking part. There are so many covers of this song, which I did not even know. Artists include Tina Turner, Etta James, Lita Ford, John Farnham, Dick Wagner, Tori Amos, uh, Madeline Martin, and Tina Arena, just to name a few. Um, but overall, this is a real good album. It's a fun album. Um, it's really hard for me to pick which is my favorite Alice Cooper album. I only have two, but this one gets it just, just by a hair. And that's why I picked it for this, because it's Halloween, and who better to represent Halloween than Alice Cooper? Uh-huh. All right. And what is your album for the month? All right. Well, mine's actually kind of in the same vein. Um, there is... Um, and that is Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know. It's weird because my albums are so random or they're so cheesy or... But yes, I actually own this album, believe it or not. <laughs> um, well, this was... This album is from 2001. Oh. Um, and I got it because this was at the time when the Osbournes had a TV series mm -hmm. and were really popular, and um, my boyfriend at the time was a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan, so I bought this album in high school, and but I I mainly bought it on the strength of one song called uh, Dreamer. Yep, yep. Um, and I loved I I just loved the song Dreamer. Oh. I used to, one of my favorites. So I bought it basically for this song. I played the Living Daylights out of the song. But there were other songs on this album that I wound up liking as well. Gets Me Through, Facing Hell. Um, and I used to play uh, Facing Hell when I was getting ready for school in the morning sometimes. <laughs> and it was hilarious because I went to a strict self-indulgence high school at the time. So but yeah, it's actually um, a pretty interesting album. Um, I I hadn't really known too much about his music at the time. I knew, you know, I knew what I saw in the Osbournes, but Dreamer alone is worth buying the album for. It mm -hmm. um, they they say it's similar to like Imagine. In a way. Yeah, he, uh, actually I have the quote here. Um, Ozzy Osbourne refers to this song as his Imagine. Yeah. Because John Lennon was his hero. Yeah, and the song itself has like the same um, idea. It's about a better world for his kids where they're happy and safe. And the irony is that the um, single came out 
a week after 9-11, I mean, not a week, a month after 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. So, definitely. It was recorded before it happened. Right, it was obviously yeah. recorded before that. But the fact that the single came out not too long after, that's pretty, it's pretty crazy to think about. But I yeah. know for me, and you've probably seen it on my Facebook many times, how I, I, I quote that song sometimes. Yeah. You know, and I, I think now more than ever, that song is so perfect for today's society. Yeah. It really is. But wow, great choice for that album. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we start wrapping up, and then we'll tell you what we got in store for next month. And I, I'm excited for next month. Oh, am I excited. Um, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, all you got to do is go to Twitter and follow us at NostalgiaCrew15, and you are right there. And you can join our Facebook group. All you got to do is type in Nostalgia Crew and you're right there. And if you can't find it, I'll put the link in the description box so you guys can click on it and you are right there. All right. Uh, next month, two things. One that I'm going to talk to Danielle about off air. And, okay. that, and that is I'm going to make an announcement next month. Which, con not concerns, but it's about something that's going to happen at the beginning of the upcoming year that I think everyone's going to really like. And the other thing next month is Danielle and I, and I'm hoping to get a guest. I know who I want. I'm going to try to talk to him, see if he's willing to do it. We're going to discuss Rolling, Stone's ma Rolling Stone magazine. They came out with a list a couple of weeks ago of the 100 greatest TV shows of all time. And we're going to go through all 100 of them. And we're going to try to agree and disagree and all that. Uh-huh. So, uh, for Danielle, I'm Bill. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a fun, safe, happy Halloween. And come back here next month for another edition of Nostalgia Group.